What is up, my fellow champions? After 30 long years of torment and despair, we are finally back on top of the perch as the best team in England. Now that we're finally not hungover, we are ready to dive into our championship episode of Yanks of the Cop. As always, I'm joined by my brother, Andrew. Andrew, how good does it feel right now? Dude, it feels unbelievable, man. I, I feel like running around right now, just we're back on the pod talking about it. It's just, I, I didn't know what to do when it happened. I mean, I, I watched the game, obviously, and, you know, I had plans to do something afterwards, but everything was kind of put in the back burner, and I was just celebrating in my own right, you know, ha- cracked a beer right away, jumped on Twitter and celebrated with the fellow Reds, and uh, super, super happy to be um, having Wahomies on our, on our on our episode this 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 day. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, for our special championship episode, you know, we did have to bring on a very special guest. You know, he's one of our, you know, he's definitely one of the top Liverpool accounts on football Twitter and personally one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. He's at LFC underscore Wahomey. Wahomey, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you doing, my man? Thank you for having me. I mean, like I said before, it's been ages. It's been hard for us to get this sorted. So I'm exactly. <laughs> You know, it took us about four long months to finally get you on, but honestly, I think it worked out perfectly. I mean, I cannot ask for a better sh- uh, episode to have you come on than, you know, the first ever episode as champions of England. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. But, you know, before before we dive into Liverpool, you know, Wahomey, since you're one of the top accounts on, you know, on football Twitter, you know, we'd love to get a little, little bit more about your background, how you started supporting Liverpool and, um, yeah, how you, how you became a big fan. Sure, yeah. So, I think, like, I started supporting Liverpool, like, in 1990. Um and I fell in love with John Barnes. So around that time, John Barnes was there like, you go. was killing it in 1989. Um, and just before he'd moved, like, I think in 1987, he moved from Watford to Liverpool. And I was a big fan of him. Um, and then also, like, um, my dad at that point supported Liverpool. I mean, a bit of a blow supporter now. He's got City now. But at that oh. time, at that, oh. time was, <laughs> I know, at that time, he was a Liverpool fan. And so, because of John Barnes, I was just, I was just amazed by him. Um, I don't really remember much um, around that because I was only like five. Um, mm-hmm. But I do remember like seeing him playing and thinking, wow, what a player he is, the way he glided past people and just made look football look effortless. And then like I just knew you know, Liverpool was the club I wanted to be with. Um, and though, then obviously I remember the heartache of... Um, uh, Mike, Mickey Thomas scoring against us in Arsenal winning league, um, and that obviously there was like a, the last kind of like last time we actually properly for a good period challenged for the title. Um, so yeah, I've always been like a massive Liverpool fan since then, really. Um, so you now I've gone, I've gone to as many games as I can do. I don't get to go as much now um, due to work and stuff, but I try to uh, go as much as I can when I can get tickets. Um, well, you're you're in London, right? Yeah, I'm based in London, uh, but okay. I used to I used to be um, I used to regularly go back in the '90s to regular the games because at that time tickets were cheaper. So it was cheap to go and watch Liverpool play QPR or Swindon whenever those teams were in the Premiership. So back then it was easy, and then now obviously just it's so hard to get a season ticket. Um, there's a key waiting list like two years. I don't to get like yeah. unless you pay, which I have done, and sat in away stands um, to watch games. That's risky, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, there's a few times, a couple of games where I wanted to cheer and be like, yeah, I can't cheer. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I've been a massive fan. So I've been, I've been through all the times, you know, like um, the Sooners era, Roy Evans, you know, 
the four stones after Brendan Rogers, Hodson era. That was like the hardest diet oh, ever. You know, I hated. I didn't. I didn't support him being manager, and I was like darkest period. Um, and then yeah, so I've been through all that. So I mean, I posted a tweet uh, the other day saying that how after 2013-14, I thought that was the only time I was going to see, you know, Lil potentially win a league title. You know, and I thought that was the, the final chance because you know it was agonising how close we got, and you know I still think like to this day like if Rogers had just accepted we were winning three 0 up and sharp shot we won the league, but he wanted to have like that higher goal difference so that cost us a league title so um, yeah so I've yeah, so been been a massive Liverpool fan ever since like since then you know and yeah I've been I've seen I've seen the ups and downs um, and so. Yeah, so I mean, you so you've been a fan since basically the last time we won the title. Yeah, rough run that year. Yeah, wow. I mean, I, I remember I started I started being a fan when it was uh, oh, was it the Champions League final in two thousand five? Oh yeah. When uh, we came to Istanbul, obviously, and uh, I just fell in love with Steven Gerrard. So that's how my kind of journey started. But um, it's it's very appreciative to find another guy who who was around before uh, you know we we found all the recent success. So um, cheers, cheers to you, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, because I, I mean, I got into it because of my brother, you know, I mean, I didn't, it was one of those things that we had to watch clips on YouTube because that was oh. really before we started, we could really watch a lot of the games in the States. So, you know, I was watching clips of, of Steven Gerrard on YouTube that I saw the clips of him, you know, uh, you know, against Olympiacos and it's just like, this guy's incredible. And then you, you do a little bit of research on, on Liverpool and it's just, you know, it's an easy team to love. And they actually remind me a lot of the Boston Red Sox obviously is you know owned by fsg but yeah. you know a team with a lot of history um so much passion in the, in the with the fans and you know old stadiums that they that they've kept and because they're so historic and and such a landmark and it, it's it's eerie you know how how crazy these two teams are so similar so for me it was just it was a natural fit and ever since then you know andrew mm-hmm. and i've been watching every game possible but um let's, let's get into the fun stuff here you know Champions of England, our 19th title, first one um, uh, technically for the Premier League, if, if you want to be a mank and, and uh, you know, really take that <laughs> into consideration. But, um, you know, let's, let's start with you, Homie. I mean, what, what kind of emotions were you getting, you know, from this season? And, you know, at the beginning of the season, did you think that we were going to, you know, kind of have the success that we've had this year? Yeah, I mean, I thought because obviously we missed out by one point last year or like 11 millimetres, you want to really call it. I still think that was the goal. But um, yes, yeah, so I, I honestly felt like, okay, I think we would definitely challenge for the title. I didn't think we'd win as big as margin because I didn't think City would be as bad as they were. Um, um, but I definitely felt, okay, look, we could definitely push on and actually potentially win the title. Um, so I think what clinched it for me um, in terms of like, when we won the title, I think it was the game against Villa when we came back from one nil down and yeah. won two, two goals. And Salah had been subbed off, um, and Marnie carried us through. So I know some people are saying like the Man United game, but I think it was a Villa game for me that showed to me, yeah, we are winning this league title. You know that we have that mental strength now to, you know, come back from adversity and push through. And also the fact that you know we have been incredibly brilliant um, this whole season consistently. You know, while City might have played better, better football in times and scored more goals, but we are way more of a consistent machine and they just haven't been able to live with us, you know. Um, so, yeah, for me, yeah, beginning of the season, I didn't 
fully expect us to win it, but I thought we'd definitely push City close. Um, but yeah, I mean, like he it hasn't really sunk in still, you know. Still... It really hasn't. I feel like we need the parade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need something just to go crazy. Yeah, we do. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, coming into the season, and I knew that we were going to be one of the top two teams. Um, but the one thing for me was, you know, I was like, you know, I don't know if if our bench is going to be good enough because if we get a major injury, you know, yeah. I don't know if we have the depth behind it to, to replace, especially guys like you know Virgil or or Mane or Salah on the wings. You know, I think if we were to lose one of those two guys, I was really concerned. <laughs> and when you see, you know, the depth that Man City has, it's really hard to you know kind of argue against that. But Right out of the get-go, especially the way we were winning. I mean, the beginning of the season, I felt like we were not playing our best football, yet we were still finding ways to win. And that's uh, a number one characteristic, in my opinion, for a championship team is, you know, growing up playing the sport, you always hear after a loss, you know, sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way. And it seemed that time and time again, the ball was bouncing the right way or, you know, like like we like to say, the mentality monsters. You know, when Mm -hmm. our backs were against the wall, we came out fighting and you know, get two goals in the last 10 minutes. And I remember before Klopp took over and really right when Klopp took over, anytime the, the you know, it was like the 75th minute, I was like, well, game's over because we're not scoring again. Yeah. And he's really put into the, this mindset into these guys that the, the, the game is never over. And especially this year, I mean, I, I think it was like four or five different times that we scored past the 80th minute to either, you know, to, to take the lead and win the game. So, um a lot of credit to Jurgen Klopp, but I mean, I, I agree. Hasn't really sat, um, sunk in yet, especially since we didn't play. Um, I feel like if you were playing and maybe we clinched it after we beat Palace, it would have been a little bit of a different feeling. But I didn't really start getting the emotions until watching the celebrations and seeing mm-hmm. how emotional Klopp was and how emotional uh, Henderson was. But you now, Andrew, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think you guys summed it up really well there. I think this comes down to two things. I think it comes down to number one, Jurgen Klopp. He's just the epitome of Liverpool. He's the perfect manager for the job. And it's amazing when you look at his uh, competitors like Pep Guardiola, Jose Mourinho, <laughs> other, other managers of that caliber. Look at the squad when Jurgen Klopp first joined the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had the likes of Nathaniel Klein starting, Colo Torre, uh, Mamadou Sacco, Alberto Moreno, uh, Adam Lallana, Lucas, you know, these guys, that, you know, they're, they're, they're good players. They're good players for sure, but they're not players that are going to win you a title. Whereas Pep Guardiola comes in with Bernardo Silva, David Silva, Yaya Torre, Sergio Aguero. He has top names right away, and he has a blank check for him to spend on whatever he wants. So for me, the manager is all the difference here. All the players love him. All the fans love him. And clearly, he loves Liverpool so much. You saw that with his post-match interviews, the tears. He had to actually step off of the Sky Sports stage. <laughs> he just had to walk away. I mean, I, I started getting tears in my eyes just watching that. He just has so much passion. Clearly, these guys love to follow him. But number two is he creates those mentality monsters. You know, let's look back. What was it? 2017-2018 season, the, U, uh, the Champions League lost to Madrid. What did we do? We won it next year. And we said that we were going to be back there as well. What happened uh, last year? We got within one point of the title. Lost it to Manchester City by 11, what was it, millimeters? Yeah. And we come back this year and win it by 23. So, I mean, there's also countless games, Barcelona, um, Aston Villa, like you guys said. And, but for me, the, the big win this year was Leicester, 4 nothing. Yeah. I just thought that was a huge statement game. I think they were in second place at the time, too. So, for me, that's when they won the title. But, I mean, like I said, it comes down to Jurgen Klopp 
comes down to these mentality monsters. And I'm just so glad that we support these guys. That was a big statement, Matt, for that one. Big statement, you know. I, mean, I, remember, I remember going into that game with, with there was a lot of Liverpool fans on Twitter saying, "Oh, Leicester going to give us a good game. It's going to be close." And I was like, "No, we're going to outclass them." Because I remember uh, Anfield, although it finished one-one, we absolutely outplayed them and had so many yeah. chances in that game. And I was like, at their home ground because they're going to play open football. Because I know Rogers, he isn't going to be defensive. And exactly, he, he, he doesn't exactly know how to be a defensive. <laughs> no, he doesn't. And he played exactly how I thought he was going to be. Play open game. He did that. He showed arrogance because he did the same thing in City. He thought he'll come and play, and we crucified them. So, and four nil was a wasn't a reflection of the game. It should have been eight nil. I love that game too because I think United had played prior to the Liverpool game, and I think Aaron Wan Bissaka got an assist or, or something along those lines. And all, you see a lot of the United fans saying. Hey, Trent, come outside, and then he comes back and gets a goal and an assist. It's like, okay, screw you guys. Well, I love that. I love that because literally every single time they do that, Trent comes back and has a master class of a game. So, honestly, (laughs) keep doing it. Yeah, United fans keep doing it. We love it. You know, we're just going to keep responding. And obviously, you know, um, yesterday, Harry Maguire got a goal uh, just to finally beat Norwich in double overtime. So now I expect Virgil to come out against City and, you know, score a header off a corner kick or something because that's just, you know, it's what we do for, for United fans. But yeah. I think for me, like, the game for me when I really started believing, I was like, okay, we could be we can be special, was the home game against City. And I know that was back in the beginning of November, but we beat them pretty handedly. It was 3-1. to uh, you know, That was the game when Fabinho had that, oh, yeah. that rifle of a oh. shot. And, again – when you looked at the form that we were playing and coming into that game, you know, it was, we were winning, but we were not winning the Liverpool way. It was very, you know, tough games, you know, saving it into the last minute. And then to come out and beat them three to one, I think that was a statement. And then for me, that was really when I was like, okay, we we can actually do this. It doesn't matter how bad we've been playing up to this, but, uh, well, homie, you brought up a good point earlier that I wanted to kind of bring this back to Jurgen Klopp a little bit when you were mentioning Brandon Rogers and how he kind of, you know, he played a big part in us not getting that title that year. And it's pretty crazy to think that if we did win the title that year, we probably wouldn't be here right now with Jurgen Klopp. And, yeah. you know, could we have had this, the same Very success? True. Maybe. But if if we won that title, I don't know if Klopp would be here. And I think our team could look a lot different. So um, with Klopp coming in, I think he's the perfect guy for this team. You know, the, the money ball approach, he even said that he doesn't want a team of superstars. And I think that fits with what FSG wants to do a lot. Um, and then you see his relationships with the players in the celebration. So, you know, what are your guys' thoughts on the celebrations? I didn't know that the team was was all together like that, so it was really awesome for me to see. Yeah, I didn't know that either. So when I saw that, obviously, that all the team watching the game together, yeah, that was, that was really good that Klopp had decided um, to get the place together. Um, yeah, I'm, I wish I'd gone down to um, Anf Liverpool and celebrated, you know. Um, I didn't expect there to be celebrations that in that way, so I was quite shocked. That yeah. uh, so I wish I wish I had gone, but otherwise, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say I was celebrating here with my friends down in London till late in the morning. So love that. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was uh, it was a lot different because you know they were all at a hotel, unnamed location. Um, they were all watching it together and they all celebrated together, and we were able to see all the videos of them just celebrating in the hotel bar. And it just, I don't think we would have seen all that footage if they went out to uh, say the clubs or, or what, what have you in London or, or in Liverpool or wherever they were. Um, 
But I was a little concerned about the um, the celebrations at Anfield, like just because with COVID and everything. Uh, I do wish that people wearing masks, but uh, I mean that that's going to happen when you have a thirty year drought. <laughs> you know, people are just going to run onto the streets and try to celebrate with anybody. If I wasn't in Boston, I probably would have done the same thing. But if I if I ran out in the streets of Boston, people like, what the hell are you talking about? Nobody wanted anything. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, go back inside, you clown. But um, I mean, obviously, there's some bad characters out there. That I mean, I think one kid shot a Roman candle at the Liver Building. Ever since the fire, it's been oh, said he's it? a negative fan. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah this, it's come out today. He's an Everton fan and he's a Lincolnshire. So it's the blue noise trying to make us look bad. What an ass. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, he's going to get screwed. I mean, that's $10,000 worth of damage that he did. So uh, he, he's already been arrested. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's in for a long year, to say the least. <laughs> the blue shite um, strike again. Absolutely. <laughs> making, it, making us look bad. And, like, and I see people, like, posting pictures of, like, all the trash afterwards, you know, we got that cleaned up pretty quickly, but that's what happens when you have a celebration like that. And I love how nobody commented that like all the pictures that we saw of the people on the beaches in Bournemouth and stuff like that. It's like, right. So you're going to completely ignore that. Um, but then because Liverpool won again, people say that we always make it about ourselves yet. Everybody always has Liverpool in their mouth. So it's just like, what do you guys want? You guys created this. So we're just giving it right back to you. Um, but for me, when I was looking at the celebrations, there was two things that stuck out to me. Um, number one, when Virgil van Dyke had his interview, um, that was awesome. I thought, it, I thought it was absolutely perfect, too, that the entire team stormed in and celebrated. But was the icing on the cake for me was that it was right when Vio Ferdinand asked him a question. Yeah, and it was just, <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah, so that, so that was really good. And then, you know, how hammered Trent was for his interview. That was <laughs> another thing to die for he and Robertson and I love Oxley Chamberlain too, man. Like I know he hasn't played a massive role on the team, but I think he is a, a huge guy for our locker room and just the camaraderie. And you can see how much you know, these guys are really are a special team. And people say that all the time about championship teams, but when you just look at the relationships that all these guys have, you can tell that they're all brothers and they all love each other. Yeah. And I think that just all comes from the top. It all comes from Jurgen Klopp. I think he, creates that atmosphere he creates that attitude and these guys want to continue playing for him and like you said they want to continue playing for each other yeah i mean it goes back to even just liverpool as a city you know it's especially in the premier league nobody wants us to win it's, it's like us against the world and um i feel like the players can feel that and you know they're, they're part of the city and i know me and andrew are out in boston but we feel like we're part of the city too um so so it's really cool to see but I mean, from there, I mean, what's next? We, we got the rest of the season to play for. I mean, what are the, what are the things that you guys are keeping an eye on uh, for the last, you know, seven or so games we got? Um, I think for me, like, I'm curious to see, like, whether we'll go for the points total or whether yeah. – because was, there was some news, like, a couple of weeks back where they said that if we won the league early, that Klopp might go youngsters only uh, for the rest of the season. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just curious to see if he'll, if he'll go for the points tally because – I would, I'd like it to cross go for it and break Man City's t- title um, and then show that, you know, we are the best, I would say, premiership side ever because, you know, they've, they've braided Guardiola's City's team, but we've, we've broken records that they haven't done. You know, so for me, I'd love for us to go for the jugular and then just get the points total. Because um, then I think as well, it'd put this into bed, like this, this idea that Arsenal's Invincibles are better than us because they oh, do talk... 12 times and they had like they won they won less games than us had less points than us and yet they keep making out as if they were the best team ever um so yeah that's just kind of my point of it 
They yeah, have a I mean, very toxic fan base too. <laughs> I just don't get it. Yeah, I, I saw a recent tweet where Homie was saying how uh, yeah we were talking you were talking about like unbearable fans and uh, you, you mentioned Darsenal and I cannot agree more. Like they have like in the last like month or so have just shot up my list of people that are just <laughs> like they don't use facts. Like they they tie themselves in a knot trying to explain things and it's just it's so embarrassing in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was having an argument with an Arsenal fan today and he's trying to claim that how. Um... He's putting down our young players, saying that none of them are world class potential. I was like, "Have you actually seen any of them?" He said, "No." Then how do you know they're world class then? <laughs> or the potential? And then, then he's, Trent Alexander Arnold. But then he's making out like obviously he's saying that Arsenal's one, Shaka, Martinelli, they're all world class potential because some Twitter account, scouting account on Twitter said they were world class potential. Oh, so the most deleted fan base. That's when you just need to walk away, Wyoming. <laughs> you know, mm. you I did. sign off or, or block him or something. I did. I was like, no, yeah. I'm done. Like... <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. For me, for me, what I'm looking forward to is, number one, this Thursday. I'm looking forward to getting that guard of honor. And it should be the longest guard of honor in history because of the six feet, uh, the, the two meter um, yep. distance between each player. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing Pep. I'm looking forward to seeing Sterling, Kyle yeah. Walker. Seeing him have to do it, it's going to be priceless. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I hope he starts clapping. Zoom in on Sterling. Just zoom in on his face. <laughs> that's all I want to see. I wish Vincent Company was there too, but um, so that's number one. Number two, I'm looking forward to, like you said, I think we're on track for 105 points right now. So if we can break that 100 uh, Centaurian um, record, that would be fantastic. Only walk away from the season with one loss. I want to see Golden Glove. I want to see Golden Boot. Um, and no way, that. What's that? Uh, well, we're both from Corson now. Allison is the top now for Golden Glove. Yep. And Golden, I think uh, Salah's within two, right? Yeah, so I think, I think we'll catch that. Yeah, so that, I mean, I think he's going to catch that. I completely agree. I think that Klopp and the team are going to want to go for that points record just because they want everything. They want to win everything. Um, I hope we get to play some youngsters. I hope we test out different formations and lineups. But overall, for me, number one is no injuries. I don't want mm-hmm. Kite to get injured. I don't want Ox to get injured. Salah, like front three, anybody. No injuries. Just finish out the season strong, and let's prepare for next season. Mm. Yeah. No, I pretty much agree. I'm looking forward to Thursday because – I'm willing to bet 100 that Raheem, Raheem Sterling won't even be in the squad for Man City, so he doesn't have to give it uh, give us the guard of honor. Um, definitely looking forward to that. That's going to be really cool. But, yeah, a couple storylines for me. Obviously, the golden boot and the golden glove. I think I think Allison's got the golden glove at this point. Um, but Danny Ying's had two goals today. You know, so he's up to 18. You know, Salah's sitting at 17 with Obama Yang, and Vardy's still at 19, I think, for the league. So um, I expect – you know, Klopp to still still play the first team a lot. I mean, with the five substitutions now, I think that he can be a little bit more clever with rotations and stuff. But I think the key guys like Mane and Salah, you know, those guys may only play 50, 60 minutes a game now. Right. Um, so and we can use our substitutions. But Naby Keita, Oxlade-Chamberlain, two guys that I have my eye on. Um, I think if they can get – we talk about it all the time in this podcast. These two guys are guys who – really need to get two, three, four games in a row to get some momentum, yeah. get, get comfortable. And, you know, we saw last game what, what, Nab, what Nabi Keita can do. So if, it's going to be interesting to see those two guys kind of battle out for playing time. So that was, 
that's that for me. But then also the young guys. Um, I really want to see Nico Williams more. I want to see him, you know, play with the first team now that, you know, we have a clinch. Give Trent a rest because he's played a lot. Um, and then, you know, guys like Harvey Elliott, obviously, you know, Keanu Hoiver, um, you know, and obviously Curtis Thanks. Jones. Yeah. So I think these guys have a huge opportunity to really, yep. hey, like show Klopp. You don't have to make any signings. We can come in and fill the shoes for the guys leaving. Yeah, yeah well yeah, said. I, I understand. Agree. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that there are some good potential young players that you know we've got coming through that could actually save us a lot of money. I'm also curious as well. Like we always got some like some of them on loan as well. Like there's Bruich, Wilson, Brewster. Will they actually give them a chance when they come back, or do they have mm. a future or not? Yeah, Bruich quite well on loan. Yeah, I mean, I think with those three guys you just mentioned, I think the the preseason is going to be absolutely massive for them. Uh, I think a guy like Wilson, I just don't think he has the 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 technical ability to play on our team. Yeah. I mean, he had he had the dead ball better than anybody, but we already have Trent who can hit one. Um, so I, you know, I just don't know. He kind of reminds me of David Beckham almost, but I just don't think <laughs> that he's going to have. Yeah, I, we need a guy with pace on, on the wings, and he's not yes. that guy. I think Marco Grugich, though, he's a really interesting case because he gives you something so unique. I mean, he's he's tall, he's powerful, and he could be a perfect guy as a you know to, to spell Fabinho. But you know, we also you know midfield. We have a lot of guys in the midfield right now. We also you know potentially linked to a couple as well. So I think for him, he's probably the biggest guy in my opinion that. You know, he could go out if he has a good preseason. Maybe Klopp could keep him around. But I'm most interested about Brewster. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it also depends on who is leaving this summer. Like, who do, who do we stick? Who do we keep? I mean, maybe Origi's even gone. I, I just don't know the threshold of of what we're looking at. Um, I mean, I know we're linked with a lot of people now because we are the best team in the world. So everybody, every media outlet wants to wants to link us with somebody, but. I mean, what's, what's realistic here? Who's coming in? Who's going out? I, I really don't know. I think that there's going to be a lot of question marks for a lot of players, like Shakiri, Dayan Lovren. I mean, all the names that we all know. But like you said, is Grudge going to come back? I mean, I think he definitely could. But does he want to face that competition? These are all questions that need to be answered. And I think it's going to be a really short transfer window period and, and even a really short summer for these guys. So hopefully we can figure it out. Yeah, I think yeah. Like with Grudge, when we, when we signed him, he was an attacking midfielder. And then he got made into a defensive midfielder by Neil Warnock and he ruined him at Cardiff. And then in Germany, he's had like different positions. He's not really got a nailed down spot. Is he a defensive midfielder or attacking midfielder? Um, because originally he was known as the Serbian Balak when we signed him. Yep. So that's, I think that's his own downfall. It's because he's got, he hasn't nailed down a particular spot. And that's why I think he would make it Liverpool. Because... You know, he hasn't nailed down that spot. Um, yeah. Going back to your point about Wilson, I agree with you. I don't. I think he scores his highlight real goals, but if you actually look at his stats, he, he hasn't scored one goal inside the penalty box. He's got no assists, and his work rate's not that good. So I don't think he's going to make it Liverpool. Um, and then I think I think Alana's gone. Yeah. Klein's gone already. I definitely think if Shaq is not injured right now, I don't believe he's injured. I think like uh, he'll probably get injured today. He's kind of falling out, and I think like it'd be a good offer for him, which is interesting from Italy. He's gone. Um, I think um, Origi. I heard heard today that he wants out. I heard oh, rumors really? about. Yeah. yeah, that he he's sick and tired of sat at the bench. But then I think like if he's to go, 
if African nation happens in January, which they're still pushing for it to happen in January, we'd have to sign someone because we'd be screwed if we if we lost too many players and had and no really there at the role. Yeah, like um, we can't rely on Oxley Chamberlain playing on the wing or you know doesn't work. Yeah, it just it just doesn't work. I mean Minamino on the wing doesn't work. It's just we need pace in the wings with our style of play and I completely agree. If we lost Origi, there would be very little backup, if any. Well, what are you guys' thoughts on Brewster? Do you guys think Brewster's got a shot at, you know, especially if Origi leaves, if he has a chance to be the backup guy? I think he'll have to be, to be honest. I mean, if he if Origi leaves, then we have to bring him back from loan. I, I would honestly like to keep him. I think when did he go on loan? In January? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I would like to keep him in the championship or even like a Premier League club, maybe lower table um, for a full season just to get some some time under under his belt. But um, I, I think he's – it could be a perfect transition for him if he does start to perform well because Firmino is obviously aging. I think he's now 29 or soon to be 29. Um, so, I mean, once he continues to age, I think it's a perfect uh, backup for Bruce to just come in and maybe even take that spot. But – I don't. I mean, I, I'm still not completely convinced with him. That's why I think he needs another year. Yeah, I mean, looking at his stats now, he's got like six goals from 13 games in the championship, which is but great. Bruce, it's good, but I think with Bruce, I think he's like a poacher. Yes, I don't think he's that type of player that we are going to need in terms of like he's. I don't think he's got the link-up play, and I don't think he's got the kind of skills to create his own chances. You know, he looked good, at obviously in the under-19s and under-23s. But then anyone can look good at that level because it's not, it's not really that challenging that level. I just feel Brewster, I just feel like when I, when I saw him against Arsenal, when we played them um, in the, I think it was the Carling Cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel he lacks the pace. He lacks that killer instinct to get past his marker. You know, that... When you look at Martinelli, for example, at Arsenal, I think he hasn't got that, that instinct that, say, like a Martinelli has, where he has that desire to get in the box run past his marker and score those goals. I think he relies on poaching type goals. And I don't think Liverpool need that. We need like a Firmino, Mali, Salah type player. Um, and that's yeah. why I feel he can make it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I just, I just think, you know, especially because of, you know, that injury he had a couple of years ago, you still haven't seen enough. So I kind of agree with Andrew. And, you know, I think that we should, if possible, loan him to a Premier League team because it's great that he's playing well in the championship, but you know, that, that it's a whole different style of soccer, you know what I mean? Or football, you know what I mean? So I think if he can go into like a, you know, a team that will finish maybe like 12th to 16th in the table, somewhere around there. And one of, one of those teams where he can get some really good first team minutes that way we can really see, like, can he handle the, the physicality of the premier league? Can he handle, mm. you know, playing, playing for them and in the cup games and having all those games. So, I, I mean, that kind of brings us to the next topic. Like, who do you, who do you guys think are some potential signings that we can bring in? Because, I mean, based off of everything I've seen so far, it really seems like to me, obviously, we're not going to buy anyone until we sell people. Uh, I, personally, I think Shakiri's gone. I think Lovren's gone. We know Lalana and Klein are gone. And then if, if Origi goes, I mean, we could be looking at somewhere around, you know, north of $60 million that we could go, you know, put into a couple players. So, Anyone out there that you guys have your, your eye on as a maybe potential fit for either the front three or the attacking midfield spot or even outside back cover? Yeah, I'm going to let Wahomi start here because uh, I think he's a big fan of, of OR over in France. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say him. Like, so obviously, I'll start off with I was disappointed with Werner. I thought he'd have been brilliant for us. Oh. But then, obviously, 
I hear about the wages he's on. He's going to be on like 270k a week at Chelsea with 11 million signing on fee. So I get why Liverpool didn't sign him. So I didn't realize that at the time. Yeah, that's just so when I heard that. I was like, that's he's not worth that. That comes out to um, be a hundred million dollar signing, I think, something like that. Yeah, so that's crazy. I get why FSG and Klopp said no. Um, I think I'd love I, I think I'd love Ayur because I think like when we were after for Kerr a few years back, Leon were having to sell for Kerr because they had Ayur and they believed he was better than him. And okay, yeah, this season his stats haven't been that great, but he's playing at a poor Leon side. And I think last year he had really good stats. So you know, I feel that he could be a player that, you know, especially with Hendo and Ginny turning 20, 30, 20, 30 next year, that he could be a perfect person that we could bring in for longevity and for forward planning. So I think I'd love for us to go for him. And I've I've heard conflicting rumours. Some people say we're after him. Some people say we're not. So, um, you know. He's a reduced fee, right? Because they didn't make yeah. the Champions League. They're trying to offer yeah. him. And I, I think Maddox as well from the Mirror was saying how... Um, Back in May, when he reported that he was the first one to report that we weren't after, we're not going to get Werner anymore. And he said that if Oyor came available on the market, we would go for him um, as a priority. But then I think also City are going to be after him as well. Um, mm-hmm. Who else? I don't know. I've heard we're after Ben Ben Wood for Leeds for a young centre back. Yeah, yeah. I uh, you know he's talented. I've, I've I've watched a lot of highlights of him. I've actually watched like a a game or two of Leeds and. He's a great player, and you know I would love to bring him on. But I think he's one of those guys that he's he's good enough right now to get minutes. And now we have a young guy in Joe Gomez, and I don't think he's going to want to be our our third or fourth option. Um, mm. And plus, I just I don't know if center back is going to be a place that we're going to invest you know a ton of money in. You know, the, the guy that I have circled, I love Aryor too, and especially because of um, his uh, of Leon's financial situation. It sounds like it's very, very bad, and they're going to really need to, uh, you know, have a quick turnaround financially. So he might be available at a, a, little, bit, a little bit of a lower fee, um, even though they didn't even make Champions League as well. But the guy that I am eyeing is, is Todd Cantwell uh, from Norwich. I mean, they're pretty much going to get relegated at this point. Yep. And after we won the champion, uh, the you know, we won the league midweek, um, I was looking at his Twitter page and he liked, I think, like 15 different tweets about Liverpool winning and like the celebrations and all of that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you've even, you know, been scouting him already. Like some of the tweets I've seen has hinted at that and he's probably aware of it. Um, and he's, a, again, younger guy. He can play on the wings. And that's really my biggest concern is who, when Salah or Mane go out, who's going to fill in for that role? I mean, we saw it against Everton when, when Salah didn't play. I know it was our first game back, but our like we just were not as clinical as we were, and all of a sudden he comes in the next game and we lights out against Crystal Palace. So I think that he could be available, and especially for you know a, a cut fee if they if they get relegated. I also think about um, Jamal Lewis. Yeah, I think we need left back cover. I don't think we could be asking Milner to do that again. Cover for you know it, it hurts as well. As much as Milner likes to play, will give his best. You can see like against Everton now. Like, it affects Marnie. You know, Marnie doesn't work as well when Milner's there. You know, when Robbo's there, they have that synergy. They create space for each other. So Same thing happens you know, on the other side, too. When, when yeah. Trent doesn't play, Gomez goes out right. It doesn't work. And we look, we suffer. Because you, we, we, then we lack the width. And we can't stretch the game as we do, which is what we like to do. Correct. That's how yep. you play the balls to, side to side. So I, I think we need another left back. But my only, my only thing is, like, how much money do you actually do we actually have? Because some people are saying that you know we've lost over 
over 100 million we're expecting, maybe even more from COVID, you know. So how much money is there? And plus, we want to give new contracts to Van Dyke. Marnie needs a new contract because he's only on 100 grand. So I think Allison you know, too. Yeah. So yeah. that's going to cost them a lot of money as well to you know do these new contracts. So how much money do we actually have to then spend on anyone? Because it sounds as if, you know, we don't have enough, enough money to do it all. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I just think that FSG and Klopp, they're going to go for cheaper options. Um, I think Cantwell might fit into that camp. Lewis, I don't know how much he would go for. I couldn't imagine it being more than $10 million. I would think maybe even like around the $5 million, uh, five million pound range. Um, Buendia, I think we've been linked with a lot too from Please Norwich. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think he would go for too much. Um, Frazier from Bournemouth, I think that could be a good opportunity. Maybe I mean, I mean he has some decent amount of pace. He could fill in on the wings for. for Tottenham, though, what's that? I heard that he might go Tottenham. That, oh you know, yeah, good. yeah. You never know though. Now, I'm wondering what he would want for a fee as well. Um, but well, he he'd be on a he'd be on a free. Yeah, I know. I'm saying country. for his for his we, uh, weekly wage. Oh, right, uh, right, I'm just right. curious what he was looking for. But uh, and then you have I, I've seen links with Rashika. Um, Dan from LFC transfer room came on and he was really high on, on Rashika from Werder Bremen in the, in the Bundesliga. Um, I've watched, I've watched some highlights. I haven't seen a game of him, of his yet, but he looks like a very promising young player. So there's definitely a lot of opportunities up there. My biggest concern is, and I think it's the most important is that we don't want to see a major drop off from the starters. And I think that's, you don't see as much of a drop off when we go into the, into the defense and even the midfield, but when it gets to the front three, there's just too much of a drop-off. We, we need to fix that right away. And, you know, you've seen teams like Chelsea already signing players. City are going to sign players. United are going to sign players. We need to be ready for next year. And we need to be ready for the year after that and the year after that. So I think this needs to start now. And, unfortunately, we're in a tough situation because of COVID. But, you know, maybe John Henry and, and FSG need to, to need to sack up and, and spend some money here. How much money do you work? I think – I can't remember how much you have for winning Premiership. Is it like 100 million or something? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. I think it's like 130. I don't know if that's pounds or or dollars, but I think it's somewhere just north of 100. So I expect most of that's going to go in contract renewals then. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, Van Dyke's going to be a hefty fee. The Allison, I'm assuming, would would be the same. Mane deserves much more, I think. Yep, but. Yeah, no, he definitely will. And, you know, another guy to, to watch in preseason, and it goes back to uh, Wahomey's left back uh, point, is, is LaRouche, you know, coming up. Because, you know, we saw him play in Boston, and we thought he was one of the best guys on the field before he got that bad injury. Um, but, you know, I know Klopp likes him, you know, and that was one of the things that they were looking at. I, I think I saw a story, I think it was about a week or two ago, that kind of addressed the outside back position. They said, you know, it's really going to depend on the development of LaRouche. You know, if he can step up and, and play in that role as a backup, then, you know, maybe that could be perfect for us. Or, you know, personally, I, I, just, I just, we need a left-footed backup uh, left back. Yeah, my, only concern doesn't work. my only concern with him is he can't defend. Mm. And he's a, he's, a, he's a forward being converted into a left back. And he reminds of Moreno, you know, in that sense. Oh, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good going forward because he scored the odd goal, but he can't defend. That's my main, that's my main concern with him. No, like, that's a valid concern too. Yeah, but Trent Trent isn't the best defender either, and you know it's just something that you that you learn while you're in the league. I agree. I think he, I think it, you know, he might be a little undersized as well. But um, I mean, at this moment in time, he he might be an okay backup. I mean, he hasn't really been tested yet. He had that horrific injury last summer. 
Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think he definitely deserves a chance. As one, one to watch in preseason. Yep, definitely one to watch in preseason. I agree. I mean, um, but like we know, everything starts at the top. Um, you know, FSG has been praised. They've been criticized. Um, I actually have an article coming out about, you know, their kind of money ball approach and, you know, how they approach all of their all of their teams, not just Liverpool, the Red Sox. They own a NASCAR team. Um, so a lot of things coming out there uh, later tonight. But I'm really interested to get your opinion on this, Mahomie. I mean, what what do you think about FSG and the job that they've done? Yeah, I was going to ask you like, how are they perceived in America. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think they get a lot of slate, you know, and I've said this quite a few times. There's, there seems to be this narrative that if anything happens that's good to Liverpool, it's Klopp. Anything bad that happens to Liverpool, FSG. Yep. And I've seen that, how, you know, so many fans are divided by that. And I think that's so unfair. You know, I think, okay, FSG have got some things wrong. The furlough thing, um, you know, season tickets. They've got, made mistakes, but, you know, how many owners make a mistake and immediately correct it? You know, most owners don't do that. You know, you can look at how badly West Hammer run. You know, they've made oh. council mistakes. You know, so, you know, I think... People give SSG a hard, hard time. I remember Hicks and Gillett, how bad they were under them, you know. Oh, God, they're like, so bad. FSG, no, but FSG have been like, we've won the league, Champions League, World Club Club, Super Cup. Okay, of course, yeah, we'd love them to be able to go out and buy a Sanchez of 100 million. But we don't, we don't, they're not an Abramovich. They're, they're not Sheik Mansour. You know, they said straight away they're going to run the club as a business. You know, yes. So I feel that people are expecting to do things that you know that they're not going to do. You know, and you know they, they bring they made us really profitable. I think I thought the valuation of Liverpool last year was recently, but nearly a billion pounds. You yep. know, and when obviously when FC took us over, we were worth like way less than that, really, really low. So you know, and also they've got us a night deal. You know, if it wasn't for COVID, we'd have a new stadium expansion um, that would take us over to sixty thousand. You know, Kirby, I think Kirby. So, yeah, I think like I think like they've made some mistakes, but they've had a lot of rights. And I think they should be given as much credit to this title win, to all the trophy success, as much as Klopp has, because they signed Klopp in the first place. It was their vision that yes. one that, that Klopp bought into. You know, people forget that it was them that hired Michael uh, Michael Edwards and promoted him. It's them that hired um, can't his name, our chief executive, managing commercial director. I'm not sure. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't remember, but um, I can't his name. Peter Moore. Gone. Yeah, Peter Moore. They, and he's quite good at his job. He's got like quite a few good commercial contracts since he's, he's come on. So, you know, they, they've done a lot of good, you know. But like I said, they have made mistakes and they're just only human. But, you know, I get obviously people are pissed off for the fact that we didn't sign Werner. They feel that FSG didn't support Klopp. They feel that um, FSG seem to only sell to buy which I don't think is fair you know they wanted to keep Coutinho it was Klopp that said let him go you know um, yeah. so I think like FSG aren't giving enough credit as it you know there's a, and there's this big divide like I said there's some fans who are like FSG in and there's some fans who are FSG out still you know I've seen some fans who have been blocking now on Twitter who were like FSG out when we won the title I know, <laughs> yeah. I know. it makes no sense out? and I was like are you crazy and they're like oh and I was like you just won the title so I think they'd be, I think they're very good owners. Yes, they could be better. Yes, I'd love for them to be spending like sixty million or be willing to go out and spend on those kind of places, but they're not gonna do that. You know, they're gonna sell 
they're going to buy based on what the club means, generate some profit, you know, yeah, and they have. Yeah, it's funny how some fans will will celebrate our, our finances when we turn a what was it a forty two million pound profit last year, and then they go back and they complain about the lack of signing. So I mean, you got to choose one or the other. But for me, the, the the differentiator for FSG is that they they win. Yeah, it does take time, but they come to win. They did it with the Red Sox, and now they've hmm. done it with Liverpool. I mean, we they bought Liverpool in twenty ten. They were title contenders in thirteen fourteen. Um, they obviously didn't invest the Suarez money very well. They bought who? Ricky Lambert, uh, Balotelli, Balotelli. I think Lalana sure. as well. Maybe I don't know if Lalana was in that, but they definitely learned from that mistake. They signed Jurgen Klopp. What did he do in his first year? Two finals. He didn't win them, but he got there. Sixteen, seventeen, made it back to the Champions League. Seventeen, eighteen, Champions League final. Eighteen, nineteen. We all we all know the stories from there, but. Credit to Klopp, but FG, like you said, Wahomies, he signed, they signed Van Dyke, they signed Allison, Suarez, Mane, Coutinho, Sturge, all these names. I mean, it's not just Klopp. It comes from the top as well. So I've never understood the FSG out crew. I mean, I, I understand that they're mad about the signs, like you said, but, you know, we have contract extensions for Mane, Salah and Firmino last summer, Van Dyke, I think Milner had, is what, for another year, Trent and Robertson, you know, the, all these things they cost money, you know, and in a COVID world, it's, it's really difficult, especially the, since we did a decline, the, the furloughing decision uh, to, to make money right now. So I understand the frustration, but you have to understand that also that this is run like a business. And if we want to be proud of that business, then we have to support our owners. Plus we, we pay the most in like wage uh, in agents fees, yep. salaries. And so all that costs money, you know, the, the training ground costs money. So maybe people still expect us to be spending, like, I mean, when we bought Van Dyke, everyone thought that was the norm. We're going to be spending that much money all the time. And that, you know, Van Dyke was a once-in-a-lifetime type player, and that's why we were willing to spend that money. The same with Allison, you know. And so if FSG would, if there was a player right now that was game-changing, they would buy him, you know, realistically. I think they'd find the money right now, but they're not willing to do that just for a player that just, that's not going to really improve them, that's not going to start. And we're so with Werner, as good as he was, he wasn't going to be a start for us. He's going to be on the bench, you know. So mm-hmm. is it really worth paying him 270 low million sign-on fee if he's not going to actually be a 100% starter? So I get, I get their point. And I think, I think just people are just, they want Man City owners and they're not getting that. And that's what they're annoyed at. Yep. I mean, I could not agree more. I mean, think back to when they took over the team in the first place. I mean, we were completely irrelevant. You know, we were a stepping stone team. You know, we, we'd have good players come in, but if they were good, they would, they'd, they'd get out pretty quickly. Um, and we were really close to administration financially. We were in a very, very bad place financially. They come in, you know, you know, Rogers comes in, does, does a good job, obviously bring in Klopp. And, and look where we are now. I mean, going from a team that was finishing, you know, seventh in the table, eighth in the table, and now we are, you know, champions of England, champions of Europe, champions of the world. Um, so I, you know, again, people want, like, again, it's all, like you said, it's all, they, they want the big signings. They want the stuff to talk about, but when you look at the other things that they're doing, improving Anfield, improving our training facilities, locking up the guys who got us here, that's really what you want to see. It's it, they're, they're building stability and it's something that, you know, Liverpool hasn't had. And now with Klopp, we're finally getting the foundation set so we can be a powerhouse team for the next, the next decade. That that's the goal. And I think that they're going to accomplish that. 
I think people forget, like, winning this league title is going to transform the whole club. You know, that's a massive burden lifted off the club, you know. So, if you watch, like, any Liverpool game in a Premiership game, there's a lot of anxious from the crowd. Oh, yeah. But I think that... You can that's feel it. Trans- yeah, and it's going to transform... Being winners now, it's going to totally transform the Anfield crowd, you know. Um, it's going to transform the whole city, you know. And, and I think as well, like, I, was say- I said in a tweet the other day, like, how... Um, you know, for example, with this whole night deal that we've got, like in the South Asia, South Asian markets, and Asian so Asians in general, they love they they they're big on winners. You know, I read an article they're talking about how, like, when Man United were successful winning trophies, like countries of like Japan that pride themselves on like a winners mentality, they just bought Man United T-shirts because they were winners. They didn't really support them; they just bought the T-shirts. And as soon as Man United stopped winning, them the amount of fans that were buying Man United merchandise started decreasing down. And so now when Liverpool won the Champions League, they became, there were so many Japanese fans for Liverpool. So this is going to be huge for us in terms of merchandising and selling our, our merchandise in those markets, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, just like the World Club Club opened the South American market for us, it's going to be huge. So, you know, the whole, this, this title thing is going to transform the club. And so now Liverpool can play without that pressure and they can just enjoy their football and know that they have that winner's mentality now. And I think yeah. that's what people, rivals underestimate that, how big that is for us. Yeah, that's a really good point. And that's something that's not talked about, especially from like the fan standpoint and just the atmosphere there. Um, that's such a good point. It's something that I wasn't even thinking about. But with, with, with the night with the night deal, that's, it's an unbelievable deal. But it's one of those things where – we're not going to see the dividends right away from that. So yeah. when you actually look at the actual details of the Nike deal, the you know the actual you know money that they're sending us up front isn't much at all. The the, the real kicker in this in this thing is that we we're going to get a percentage of every item sold. So any any all the jerseys that we buy, all the t-shirts, anything like that, a piece of that's going to Liverpool, and that is really where the money making machine is uh, in this Nike deal because. Over the course of the year, especially now that we won the, you know, we won, you know, we're champions of England, all of that merchandise that they're going to sell, we're getting a piece of that, and that's really where the value is in that Nike deal. So it's not like now we have this flush of cash that we can spend because of that deal. We don't have it yet, but it's it's mm-hmm. going to be coming slowly but surely. Well, those new Nike jerseys have like a patch or something that says champions. I think, I think so. Yeah, I think they will. Yeah. I'm definitely buying one. Yeah, they have to. Oh, <laughs> they yeah, have absolutely. To. <laughs> I'll buy one. Hundred, hundred. Yeah, I think they will. They will have that. Yeah. So, I mean, to close it out, I mean, still a big game coming up against City. Um, you know, personally, I think City's going to be out to prove that, you know, the, the gap between us isn't that much. And I think that this may be one of the last games that Liverpool really wants to go out and show, like, yo, like, we're going to go out and make a statement. Like, yo, we really are the champions. So, you know, what are, you guys, what are you guys looking for in this game and any potential, you know, changes in the lineup that you're thinking? I just, I just want to see us, like you said, go out, go out there as champions. I mean, hold your head up high and just kick these guys in the dirt. I mean, De Bruyne is playing out of, his, out of this world right now, but we have some great players too, and a lot of them should be up for player of the year, I think. Jordan Henderson, Mo Salah, Virgil van Dijk. So I, I'm really looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be a great one. In terms of lineup, I think it's going to be exactly the same as Crystal Palace. I don't think Klopp's going to change a thing. He's going to go for – his reliable lineup. Um, but like you alluded to in, earlier in the episode, Stephen, I think we will see some changes uh, earlier on. I think we'll see Ox come in, Keita, 
um, maybe even some forwards as well. So uh, I, I'm excited, man. It's going to be a good one. I'm excited for the, for the God of Honor. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. I don't think it will be any different than his normal trusted trusted lieutenants. You know, he's yep. not going to start a K to an Oxen's game. It's going to be the usual midfield. Yep. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm excited too. I think this would be a good game. I think, you know, um, when you're talking about De Bruyne now, I was thinking about, okay, he's got a good... His record at Anfield is terrible, but at the Etihad Stadium, he's got a decent record against us. Um and I think last year we should have we should have won there. Um, and although, you know, but I think like if we take our chances, we sh- we can beat them because they've got no Fernandinho. He's just, he's suspended. He got a red card. Yeah, I mean, the play, so, the yeah, play so that means has to play. Yeah, so he's terrible. Which I love. Um, also Mendy's Mendy's awful. So I feel like and I, I don't oh, think God. and I think Aguero might be missing as well. So yeah, they're playing the surgery. Line, yeah, they're playing the false nine role against us as they did midweek. Because really, City, look, City played no, they've not played anyone good since, since Chelsea. And Chelsea outplayed them. Chelsea missed so many chances that game. So I think that we can go there and win. And I want to go there and win. You know, I want to shut up Guardiola and City and win there after the Guard of Honor. You know, so. That'd be perfect. And we used to have a good record there. We used to have a good record. Win well. We used to, in the past, Till recent, till last season, we used to have a good record at winning the city, you know. Um, so I think we can go in and win. Scoreline predictions, fellas. Go ahead, homies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll start. I'll start. I'm going to say two to one Liverpool. I think uh, I think Sadio Mane gets a goal, and I, th- I think Trent gets another goal here. Um, let's not forget about Trent. He scored the winning goal for the title, technically. If you think about it, yeah, he scored the first free kick, which was one nothing. So I mean, hey, I'm giving it to Trent there. I'm giving him that mantle, and I think he gets another one here. I say the same thing with you. I was going for two one Liverpool, um, but I think it will be Mane, and I think Firmino score. He always scores a big goal against City. <sighs> See, I want him to score. I do. I do. This hasn't looked like he's going to score though. Like. A chance against away, away Palace, against Everton. Ugh. Yeah, but I think he'll. I think he's due a goal. He is. Oh, he's definitely do. And normally for him, he turns up for the big games, those big away games. Um, so I'm, I'm going for him. Him and Marnie. I don't think Salah will score. I don't think Salah really scores away from home. He's a big team. Yep. So I think them two. Yeah. Yep. I I'm actually going to go a little bit more bold. I'm going to go for <laughs> the pool. Um, I think. Um, I think. I think that. First corner kick of the game, Virgil's going to get a header score. I think Bobby will get one, just maybe the start of the second half. And then once we make some substitutions, um, you know, maybe Ox has a banger or something like that. But that'll come in like the 75th, 80th minute, just to, as icing on the cake, as we'll say. And uh, I'll take 3 1 for the boys. You don't think Sterling's going to be in attendance? I think Sterling <laughs> won't even be in this stadium. He'll be there. <laughs> I think, I think, I think no, he'll probably, start him because at home, if it's Anfield, he drops Sterling, but at Eddie had Sterling, he'll start him. Um, and I think because what I was going for was I think we'll go we'll go two nil up, but then see we'll get a goal in the second half. Yeah, make it a game. We'll, we'll, yep. we'll get sloppy and too relaxed, and they'll get a goal, and then we'll see it out. That's how I've seen it as. Well, 
with Ster- with Sterling, it's t- it's one of two things: either A, he's not going to be in the stadium, or B, he'll be there, but he'll be in Joe Gomez. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that's great. One of the two. So I, that that's my prediction there. But um, all in all, you know, I I don't care what happens to me right now. Even if I get shot down by somebody, <laughs> nothing can put me down. We are champions of England. No one can ever take that away from us. You want to put an asterisk on it? Fine by me. I'll call myself asterisk Scanlon for the rest of my life. Um, but, homie, thank you so much for coming on. This was an awesome episode. Um, any last words for anyone else out there? Yeah, I was going to say, like, all those people who are saying asterisks, they're not, they're not calling Bayern Munich's title win tainted. All the people are saying VAR. Yep. VAR table shows that if we still took away the VAR decisions, we'd still be 18 points clear. So... It's just they just have an agenda against Liverpool. So I, all I say is, yep. let's milk this win for the next two years, three years, after 30 years of abuse. Oh, yeah. And we are champions. We're champions of England, champions of the world, champions of Europe. We're the best right now. That summed it up perfectly, man. I have nothing to say after that. Well done. Thanks for joining us again, dude. I hope you come back on. Anytime. Anytime. I'd love to come on against anytime. Love it. All right. Well, that, that, that's the show. Thanks, everybody. Thank you again, Thanks. Mahomie, and uh, have a good afternoon. You too. Everyone. See you guys later. Cheers. Uh, bye. See you.